0: This procedure of uh, requesting a talk, as you may be aware, refers to a scriptural passage where, after his awakening, the Buddha was quite content (laughs) with where he was. He wasn't particularly uh, uh, in a hurry to go out and start proclaiming anything. Uh, He thought it'd be rather subtle, and whether anybody get it. And then, apparently, in the in terms of that time, the spirit, spirit, of the overseeing spirit of the world, you know, the world soul or something, if you want to put it, arose or descended into the Buddha's mind and requested he teach the Dhamma. For well, those with a little dust in their eyes, teach the Dhamma out of empathy and okampang. And a gumpy mung out of empathy, and so, and that's, so, having heard that, that's what you have to do, because there's that sense of uh, empathetic awareness, which is more the active mode of a Buddha, empathetic awareness, uh, non-clinging non-clinging to people, non-clinging to results, non-clinging to making, creating Buddhism, not-clinging to be some great teacher. Just the the energy, the the relational energy of the citta has an open, empathetic quality to it. An awakening mind sits in that, speaks, listens, moves, senses from that. When's the right time, when's the right place? What's appropriate? And uh, of course, you know, Buddha still didn't quite know what to teach uh, and his realizations, but uh, from that place of empathy, as he's walking from that place where he, his enlightenment in bolder Gaia up to go back to see the people who were closest to him, his spiritual companions and his family. So first stop en route back to his hometown was where his five former colleagues were he stopped there. He was heading back to see to see his mother, father, wife and child because he'd gone forth to bring them the deathless. So he thought, oh, i bring it back. And the people who'd been close with him, he thought maybe they're ready for it. He looked to find his teachers, they'd already passed away, died, can't teach them. So you know, out of empathy, fellow feeling, mm. uh, non-attachment to people, how does that work? Mm. Because if you are if you have a, a, this attachment to people then you want them to be a certain way and you get upset if they don't agree with you and uh, you want something from them you want warm feelings from them or praise or something from them they can't always provide it then you feel disappointed uh, and then they go somewhere else and you feel lonely and then they get sick and you feel upset and you worry and then you know <laughs> You do all you can to try and make it better, and they don't appreciate it. <laughs> they say, "Stop meddling with my life. Get out. <laughs> You're bossing me around." <laughs> and then you step back, and think, "Okay, well, forget it." And they say, "Oh, no, no, no. You, you know, why don't you? You don't care for me anymore." <laughs> no, it's not that either. He's trying to find that even place. How do you relate? One of the questions: How do you relate to a person without seeing a person? Well. Out of empathy, you, and from the place of the awakening chitta, you notice well, what what really arises? Sights arise, shapes arise, memories arise, emotions arise. I hear a voice. A voice arises, triggers off meanings, perceptions, impressions, inclinations one way or another. And where's the steady place within that? It's a non-attachment to these, what's called nāma, nāma-rupa, form, the uh, obvious appearance in the sense fields of uh, something we call a person. (laughs) It's just an image on a screen, we call it a person. And then the the nāma, which is the perceptions that arise um, in your heart, the feelings that arise, the um, sense of oh, something, contact, an uncertainty around that. Am I too close? Is this okay? Is this going to work? Am I in the right place? Uh, contact impression that arises. You make contact, there's a certain, oh yeah, you know, something happens. What happens? When our attention is focused and certain inclinations arise. This is all nama. Feeling, perception, contact, perceptions, inclinations, that all comes rising up and form onto that particular form. And then is not in any of that, where it can it can disengage from that, not to dismiss it, but to uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What's helpful now in all this? What's helpful? Mm. 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 One thing that's not helpful is clinging. This is kind of fixation on the way I interpret you. Just just go steady on that one. I could get it wrong. On um, what I think you need, we'll just just wait a minute on that one. Maybe physical appearance. Mm. That's gonna mm. maybe mm. yeah. Mm. Sense of, am I good enough? Am I being a nuisance? Or what does she think of me? What does he think of me? Let's just relax on that one, <laughs> and instead tune into the current of goodwill. <laughs> just open goodwill, or compassion, or appreciation, or just open that. It doesn't mean you've got to stay in some frozen state. But instead of going to the kind of reactive stuff in the, in the Nama category, you go much more to the Chitta quality, which is just open and soft goodwill. You know. Whether, what's goodwill? It's a giving, um, you know, a sense of suffusion, heart opens, and it's a suffusive, gentle energy. Now you, you, the other person, you can make what you like of that. Uh, really, it's not up to me to say you've got to like it or or feel good. But that's that's kind of where I'm coming from. That's where I'm at, uh, because that's that seems to be the most stable, steady place to be. Uh, uh, and in that place, then if you know you've got problems with me then I can listen to that okay right so so do something I can about that or I don't think he's understood me but okay I'm not going to get into kind of anguish around it Mm. so there's equanimity and uh, so this is just the the proper place to be position if you like, is to not get clung, get the clinging around this nāma experience which is, amounts to several of the, what are called the aggregates, this is another formulation of what are otherwise referred to as aggregates, perception, feeling and then intention, attention and contact amount to what's called the Sankara aggregate, then you have form and then of course there's consciousness. Mostly for us, it's mostly this visual consciousness, Uh, but of course, there's also the mental consciousness. What I think of you, what I remember, what I imagine you as being, Mm -hmm. what I think you think of me, Mm -hmm. what I hope you think of me. and so on and so on, <laughs> well I wish you wouldn't think of me, <laughs> but you still keep thinking of me that way, and I wish you'd stop it, <laughs> and all this stuff, just oh, its just, just get out of all that, just no way through there, this is, a, this is a tangle, it's like trying to run through a patch of brambles, a patch of thorns, a thick hedge. just back off. And let's go back. <laughs> then come back into your body, settle. Okay, what feels right. Open the heart. Don't push. And don't uh, waver. And you abide in that heart quality. There's a different energy there. You can detect the energy of clinging is much more nails the object. That's him. Hi. You know, great, good guy oh one's gonna help me out oh he's the cook oh wow he's the fix it person's gonna help me out that's who he is bam nailed him Oh, that's her she's the bossy type she's the pushy type nailed her boom got her (laughs) nailing nail her you know that kind of grip you go and feel it nail something in a particular role or position or memory or meaning in your in your own um, universe <laughs> uh, and of course most of our world is other people near mm-hmm. or far alive or dead loved or not loved uh, mm-hmm. that's what the major part of our world is mm-hmm. so you know, we have to kind of replace that This is clinging and this is, this is one area you can You can contemplate clinging. It's not it's not even a decision, it's it's a it's a it's a reflex that occurs from certain fundamental forms of craving. I want you to be something for me, says I'll feel steady. I want you to be predictable, so I'll feel more secure. I want you to stay in the way I see you, then I can don't have to be attentive anymore. If I just labelled you as, oh, that's her, bam, she's one of those, I don't have to give her much more attention, I've got her number, that's who she is, right, I am. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be attentive. And this, this is ignorance. Mm-hmm. Ignorance and craving are the triggers for this clinging. Mm-hmm. And this is the path to death. heedlessness is the path to death, those who are heedful do not die, or that which is heedful does not die, the heedless are dead already, Mm. Dhammapada. Talking about Jitta here, the death of the chitta. The chitta gets stuck, it's like a dead, deadened, lost its intelligence, lost its sensitivity, lost its ability to be empathetic to to sense, to be intelligent. People just become objects. And then we don't really sense the mysterious, ever-changing manifestations that are occurring in, in our relationship mm. and allow things to change and shift and you know, not cling. This is a way we can live together more uh, interesting way. It's not cold-hearted, it's, uh, it's respectful. Mm. Mm. Because in order to bring around that end of clinging, that non-clinging, you can't just switch everything off, because then you haven't really dealt with the mechanism. You cling to something else. So, person says, "Oh, you know, relationships are all about clinging. Don't relate to anybody." They cling to themselves. They cling to their ideas. They cling to their views. They cling to their hobbies. They cling to their mind states. Yeah. People are just a nuisance. So you cling to your computer games. You cling to your work projects, you cling to your pastimes, you cling to playing golf. <laughs> and, <so laughs> and this stuff. So you don't get out of clinging through through avoiding people. Well, actually people are great because they will tend to frustrate your clinging. They won't be what you cling to the mass. They will tend to not quite fit the way you want them to be. And you can either get angry, annoyed and disappointed about that or you can say, well, it's something to be learned here. You know, you know this person is not born to be a shoe on my foot, you know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a, but something I can learn here about, you know, Things I can't see in myself. My habits, uh, my expectations. So I see you. What occurs, then more than we can release that, this, what holds it together is the current of heartness, heartfulness. That it's not, that human being is not made of concrete. They're not just an image on a screen. They're not just what my eyes see. They're not just what their function can be. She's a secretary, he's a manager, she's a philosopher, he's a road worker, they're not just a profession, they're not just a physical shape, they're not just, a, this is my nephew, this is my grandmother, they're not just these things, these kind of fixed entities, which always give rise to clinging, and stuckness, And uh, but this is another sentient creature, being there, you know, with the potential for joy and sorrow. Mm. happiness, unhappiness awakening and ignorance mm. Mm. and how do we touch that in each other support that in each other not through clinging to ideas about each other but just staying open and recognising or I can recognise that that's an unskillful tendency You is when I'm grasping let's just relax that this is when I'm getting impatient let's relax that this is when I'm getting frightened and nervous let's relax that when you see the unskillful uh, this is when I'm getting feeling guilty and intimidated just how do you relax it? you bring your jitta back to your body breathing steadying and then you can open again Release the clinging. Buddha, again, one of his simple statements. You know, whatever level of jhana you're at, he said, "These are places you can you can cling to. These, and if you want to cling anywhere, these are good places to cling. But this is the deathless." the release of the mind from all clinging so this is our focal point to understand, to notice clinging the most potent areas where it occurs is in connection to other people other people um, sense objects opinions and views one's notion of oneself Mm -hmm. and then replacing that with something more empathetic kindly doesn't mean you approve or disapprove it just means you don't let your heart go sour anxious aggressive fearful guilty Clean out. What's the body got to do with this? Well, if you bring your, you uh, bring your your meditation, you bring yourself your attention back to the entire body. Now, clearly, we can see things and we can get fixated on what we see. Our eyes can focus down on a particular object and you get fixated upon it. And then, you know, desire or aversion arises. People are mostly critical through their eyes. They see things and look at that. See somebody behaving and look at that. You get this sharp fixation, um, visual focus and when you do that probably your know, body disappears you can't feel it, you're very minimal you're into the of fix- the visual field. you're into the fixation on it and hearing is a little more steady but you can get engrossed in hearing And you know, uh, odours, tastes burst into you, you taste something it bursts inside seemingly bursts through you. But with your body you can't be aware you be aware of a you can't be aware of the whole body in a clinging focus. You could be aware of your visual impression of your body you and cling to that. Look at a detail of your body you dislike mostly or, or like. Or somebody else's body that you like or dislike. But if you come to your own body and just try to feel the entirety of it from the feet, the skin, skin boundaries, the back, the front, the head, all of it you can't fixate on any detail and yet there it is you can't fixate on any detail of the body so when you're walking, if you walk fully whole body, don't just go off into a daydream or an idea whole body evenly so it's not tense or tight you can cling to the idea of your body but it's difficult for the mind to grasp the whole thing the only thing it can grasp at is maybe the idea of I'm in this that's an idea you drop the idea if you don't need the idea who's in it is irrelevant. You can walk along quite well without an idea of who's who's inside this thing. You don't need that idea. That's a, that's a notion. That's a mind-created object. But you can be aware of tactile impressions, mm. and when you're aware of the whole body, the shape of the body dis- disappears or changes. You certainly of being aware of embodiment for what that experience is of cool soft rough sensitive firm fluid open slightly locked painful, pleasant this is a cascade of material impressions arising within jitta and you stay with that just in that stream you don't need to have a, a tight focus it's rather like the focus of a, as I use the image of a guitar string it's just it's, it's like you've stretched it open or like a net If it's open The openness of it is sensitive. You can read it without having to focus on any detail because it's in the openness that you read the trembles, you read the shimmers, you read the surges, you read the breaking, losing it. You you just keep the whole web open and tuned in, and then some thought comes up and you know, hey, I've lost it return again and then maybe you're focusing on something uncomfortable with my leg my leg feels painful my leg is really painful feels crunching down there' and It's okay widen back to the whole thing let let the painfulness shimmer across the body process is feeling this is feeling like this yeah. and In that particular mode, the body is no longer a conceivable object because it's actually, it's a cascade. It's a shifting amorphous flow, flow, stream of material phenomena, pleasant, unpleasant, feelings being triggered by them. And so the mind that can receive that, citta, is the mind of feeling, the mind of awareness, the heart. Its natural response is kindness, empathy, spaciousness, release, non-clinging, if we support that non-clinging. Within that, and I encourage you to To take some time to, you know, practice like this, just walk along, stand, sit, aware of the entire body without any particular point in the body that you're focusing on, just as if you're trying to be aware of all the clothes on your body at the same time. Yeah, or maybe you're taking a shower or going into a swimming or something, so you're aware of the whole all that's wrapping around you in one go but of course meditation is much more calm and deliberate than those. Now from there you can stay in that and you can still you can have your eyes open and look and see but you don't go into the seeing It's just they're seeing. If you're established in the body in that way and you hear a sound, you feel the shimmer of the sound impression running through your body, but you don't have to go out to the sound. If a thought arises, an emotion arises, oh, it's that person who I feel annoyed with, you can feel that shimmer. You don't have to go out, you don't have to create a person. You may experience the irritation or the ill will, but you don't have to create a person. Because the mind is being held back from clinging to these discrete phenomena. With clinging, one phenomenon, one aspect of phenomenon stands out and it's grasped at. So we make caricatures of people. We make fixed views and opinions. And we cl- with non-clinging, everything is interrelated, more shifting, changing, mm-hmm. better, worse. Is that. and you get used to that non-non distinction. Mm-hmm. It's just like life is like water it's neither this nor that and yet it's something there's no distinct shape to it and yet you can swim in it and you can drink it and you can bathe in it and you can put it in a cup if you wished or you can put it in your hand if you wished so it's there what is it what shape is that This is quite an exercise for the average person because by and large our training is to fixate on, on mental objects, on right and wrong, and numbers and addition, mathematics and uh, letters and precise notions, They're exactly this and exactly that. And and uh, the world in general, the engineered, mechanised world, runs on this apparent certainties. But one thing is certain about these certainties: they're not certain. You know, oops, the plane is late. Oh. Whoa, 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 what a surprise. Oops, the gadget broke down. A labor-saving device. you can have to spend two hours fixing it and get somebody in to repair it. Oh, what a surprise, it broke down. Uh, <laughs> the plan. We can do this, and then we do that, and we do this. Oops, some, oh, that she didn't turn up. The weather changed. The nice straight plan. Oh, that didn't work either. This is how we're going to do the job today, people. I want the five of you to gather around here and we'll do this piece. I've got this great strategy. Why is she doing it that way? I didn't tell her to do that. Why don't people behave themselves? (laughs) He's going too fast. He's going too slow. (laughs) Well, 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 that didn't work either, did it? All these nice, you know, kind of constructions that we make will make, make things. Certain and, and, and stable and steady. Mm. No. No. Mm. We have a small office in the monastery, and there are several features to this office. One is you can never get the door open because the key always jams in the lock. So. You, you got this idea. Right, I've got to go to the i got to get that thing done. Okay, so you go into this office mind, you know, I've got to rush in and get to the get to the computer. I yeah. oh, just rush it, get get to the door. I can't uh, I just get uh, I can't get the door open. Okay, where's the key? Who's put the key somewhere so you find the key? Get the key. No, just, you can't get the he doesn't, yeah, key doesn't <laughs> key. There's a particular way you have to pull the handle and turn the key gently. One way, and then wriggle it, and find the right way to to get it before you get the door. And it's a kind of it's a it's a it's a break on your office mind that wants to get in and do things. Each clack, you hit this barrier, and you just gotta okay, let's find where the key is and who put it where. Why didn't they ever put it? Why did they put it under the plant pot? And then they get the door open. Uh, and then, OK, then you go to the computer password. Whos I don't, Where's the password? <laughs> Do you have one of those? <laughs> and you can feel going through these waves of pet rage and frustration. <laughs> and so you just uh, yeah, this is the systematic world. And we have a little cat. And so generally there's a kind of like an office, um, they call it a diary, you know, where all the appointments are written in and any piece of paper with invoices and things like that. And the cat loves to sit on things that people are looking at. So if you're doing some work on a piece of paper, the cat will come and sit on it. If you've got like some kind of um, set of invoices, the cat will sit on it and start chewing it. If you have an office diary opening up for, okay, December 16th, the cat comes in, sits on the door, starts chewing the page. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and the cat is, it, sort of, and it purrs. So, hi, sweet little kitty. And you think, hey, this is some kind of, you know, this is some kind of cosmic joke. As soon as she's trying to get it efficient, effective, get things done, this cat gets in the way. But she's so sweet and furry <laughs> that you you start getting kind of you move from efficient to empathy. She's because you read really, her oh little kitty she's enjoying herself hello <laughs> So it's a kind of dummy cat because you move from straight line efficiency with our, with notions and ideas and the future and to just here and now. It's kind of warm, cat, and you can quite enjoy stroking the fur of this cat and it purrs. Right, where am I? You take the cat gently off the page, you put it down, and then you feel better now. Now we can look at. Hi! I think that's what cats are for, (laughs) because to to stop us being machines. Yeah. which has been the whole you know, trajectory of, of human beings is to get more and more efficient and mechanised and what, you, know, you think, well, how good is that? You know, Not only do you start getting time-bound and impatient but stressful and you get bossy and forceful you get snappy and irritable you know, and you're worried and tense you feel cramped and tight. Yeah. Is, is, is it is it really that good for you? <laughs> yeah. What happened to joy? What happened to joy and ease? What happened to the richness and the joyfulness and the ease and the openness? Yeah. What happened to that? Mm. So, in you know, when you have a time like this, a session like this, it's a time to not start being efficient in meditation, not look for the perfect system in meditation, not look for the one, two, three, four, five, get to this point, that point, turn left in meditation, not cling to a thought, not cling to a system, but stay in this poised, open state, listening, aware, sensitive, grounded in the body that's not the body that you normally think it is. It's not the meat and bones, it's aware of the pressures and the sensations and the Moves that shift across this embodied intelligence. This is where citta and body are coming together. And this is the place in which citta can then review the all-encompassing world with a mind of goodwill, appreciation and compassion for the painfulness of experience. Oh, not me, me, me. No, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, no, I'm not me. Oh, I don't, I'm so much pain. It's just, there's pain. <laughs> like, you, you don't think you're the only one who has it, you know? Uh, this is the thing we have to open up to. Mm. Mm. Stop clenching around. Connect to the whole body, the heart. Mm. Mm. To release the tension, anxiety, and suffering around pain gladness, appreciation just, you know, that we can be sentient that there can be this quality called citta sensitive, non-attached oh. yeah. a true guardian and guide a place where our values can reside a place which never lets us down we run away from it our personalities and their clinging run away from it. It doesn't run away from us. We bury it under our obsessions. Our clinging and desire bury it. It never, it never goes away. Uh, and so that, and to, to feed and return to that, it brings forth its treasures, its qualities of goodwill, its qualities of resilience, its qualities of uh, compassion and care. Um, and surely this is our gift for each other yeah. with people you know, people who have passed away, people who are in the end of their life mm. not the time to start clinging then to be well, please get better mm. of course yeah. understand the mood but don't put that pressure on mm. respect and instead that sense of, can I help? How can I help? The non-attachment just through sensing, presence, empathy. And I will deal with the, the sorrow and the grief if need be. Hmm. Silent practice.